this, this, this summer series is all about Bible heroes. And uh, as a mission community, we were talking about this Sunday when we were doing it, Jane Gabitas, bless her, suggested Nehemiah. So Jane, I don't know why I'm up here and you're sat down there, really. I think it should be the other way around. But goodness me, what a lot of pressure. There's a lot in Nehemiah. And just add to, add to the pressure, I discovered this morning, just this morning, that this was the very first series that Fraser preached on when he led the church, was on Nehemiah. I just, is that right, Fraser? Yeah, there you go. So even more pressure on me. And I've got about seven minutes. <laughs> so what I thought I would do, so I was thinking about it, I don't know about you, but I'm really bad at getting started. Even sitting down to put this together, I'm really bad at getting started. You know, I'll sit down, and I'll think about it a bit, I'll go and brew a cup of tea, uh, I'll check the emails, I'll check the test match score, <laughs> I'll probably have another cup of tea, I'll do the way England are batting, I'll check the test match score again, because it'll be worse, but there you go. So I thought, what I thought I'd do, there's so, so much in Nehemiah, how do you draw out just one little bit? So I just thought I'd have a look at how Nehemiah got started on this great mission of his. Because I think there's a, a few things that we can learn from that. So if you start, and if you go and look in uh, chapter 1 and see how Nehemiah goes about it. Well right there at the start we see um, in, in verse 4 um, that Nehemiah's got some bad news. The walls of Jerusalem are still down, the people are demoralised and all that type of stuff. And Nehemiah had a really human reaction. He sat down and wept. He didn't over-spiritualise it or pretend everything was fine and dandy. He sat down and wept. I suspect he was going down the garden to eat worms, to be honest. He was feeling that bad about it. And he, he, and he had a human reaction to bad news. And I think there's something for us to learn straight away there. Because, you know, so often we try to over-spiritualise what's happened to us. And, and, and our response to it. Um, and just remember, we're only human. You know, we will have a human response, be it good or bad. And don't push that to one side, because it'll only pop up somewhere later on. Be it good or bad. Allow your reactions and your emotions to be there. We've got it at the moment, haven't we, with dear Chris dying last week. Pete, what you're going through, I can't but imagine, mate. And allow your emotions to work through it as you go. But then, as he sat down and wept, that was his initial reaction. But then, he turned and prayed to God in his pain. And I think this is also, this is really important, because I think when we hit these really, really painful, difficult times in our lives, and we can't, they, they might be anything, I'm not even going to start trying to say what they might be, but when we hit them, they're like a crossroads. And we can either go to God or away from God. And I've seen it happen in both directions. I've seen people go through immense pain, and in that pain, not denying it, but in that pain, they then turn to God. And I've also seen people in that pain turn away from God. And that's fairly desperate. 
So let us learn from Nehemiah that in our pain, let's turn to God. And he turned to God and he prayed. And even in his pain, Nehemiah got in the priorities of his prayer right. He started off with adoration. The recognition of God, who God really is. Oh Lord God of heaven, the great and awesome God, Nehemiah prayed. It's always great when we come to God in, our, in whatever situation to recognise God for who he is. It's a great place to start. There was supplication. Let your ear be attentive and your eyes open to hear the prayer your servant is praying before you day and night for your servants, the people of Israel. He's, he's pleading, he's crying out to God. I sometimes think our prayers are a bit insipid, to be honest, or my prayers. I'm not judging anybody else. My prayers are a bit insipid. I'm, I'm pretty passionate about England playing cricket. I'm not also certain sometimes whether my prayers are as passionate, but they should be. We should be really you know, seeking and searching out to God in all of our situations. There was confession. I confess the sins we Israelites have committed against you. We have acted very wickedly towards you. We have not obeyed the commands, the decrees and the laws you gave your servant Moses. So he came to God in a place of reality. And he recognised the sins of the people of Israel in it, and, that, and he put them up there and said, God forgive us. God forgive us. And again in our prayer, particularly if we're seeking a way forward, it's worthwhile stopping and taking stock and saying, have I done things recently that have offended God? Do I need to come back and say, forgive me God, so that I can go forward with you? And then there's the appeal. Neil reminds God of his promise to Moses. Um, I'll just read this bit from verse 8. Remember the instruction you gave your servant Moses, saying, If you are unfaithful, I will scatter you among the nations. But if you return to me and obey my commands, then even if your exiled people are at the farthest horizon, I will gather them from there and bring them to the place I have chosen as a dwelling for my name. They are your servants and your people, whom you redeemed by your great strength and your mighty hand. O Lord, let your ear be attentive to the prayer of this your servant and to the prayer of your servants who delight in revering your name. Give your servant success today by granting him favour in the presence of this man. He's talking about King Artaxerxes there. He appealed to God and he reminded God of his promises to his people. And sometimes... When we're seeking God for a way forward, when we're seeking God for what's next in our lives, when we're seeking God for how we should be reacting to things, we can be reminded, and some of, I know, I don't have to be a prophet to know this, I know that there are words spoken over people in this room that are yet to be fulfilled. That's quite blindingly obvious, isn't it? Don't need to be a prophet about that. And do you know what, folks? If you've got words over your life that you believe are from God, remind God of them. He, he does know, by the way. <laughs> but remind God of them in your prayers. That's what Nehemiah did there. He reminded God of his promise to pull back the exiled people. 
And it's a, it, if you're looking, if you're at a crossroads, say, God, you promised me this. Will you, can I hear, will you hear me? Will you give me favour? And he asked, you know, Nehemiah's quite bold really, he goes as far as to say, give me favour while I go in front of the king. But actually, we can pray those sorts of prayers. And as we go into chapter 2, we see that Nehemiah comes before the king. And the king questions him why he looks so sad. And Nehemiah doesn't dress it up. He doesn't make it more than it is or less than it is. He just tells it as it is. He just tells the truth. He's honest about it, about how he's feeling. Why should my face not look sad? when the city where my fathers are buried lies in ruins and its gates have been destroyed by fire. And King Artaxerxes, or Art to his mates, asked Nehemiah what he wanted. And it says again, Nehemiah prayed. And he answered the king and God gave him... Sorry, Nehemiah prayed as he answered the king. And God gave him spiritual but very practical wisdom. And you know, sometimes we belittle the practical. You know, there are more practical spiritual gifts in the Bible than there are supernatural spiritual gifts. Just a thought for you. And he gave him very practical wisdom. And, and Nehemiah says to the king, If it pleases the king, and if your servant has found favour in your sight, let him send me to the city in Judah where my fathers are buried so that I can rebuild it. Oh, and by the way, I need this, and this, and this, or oh, some letters of introduction to be handy. Um, so it becomes apparent that Nehemiah had planned, he had a strategy. He didn't go off half-cock when, when Artaxerxes asked him what he wanted. He, he, he prayed and he, he had a strategy that he believed was from God. And I think that's a challenge for us as well. You know, sometimes we pray, God, show me the way! God, show me the way! And there's somebody knocking on your door and telling you. <laughs> or you get slimy because you don't know what to, get, what to do. Because we don't plan and strategize in, in our own lives sometimes. Either. So I think there's loads of... That's just what quick run through how Nehemiah got started on what was a great mission. But there's so much in there, isn't there? You know, so what do we learn from how Nehemiah got started? Just quickly recapping. Allow our humanness, our emotions, our pain, our happiness, our joy, etc. to be. Don't squash it. But in that, turn to God in prayer. Confess and ask forgiveness for anything that's blocking your relationship with God. And ask God for wisdom in whatever it is you're about to embark on. And under the cover of prayer, plan well. Thank you.